Uh, he's Mr. Beans. I'm Mr. Beans. I'm Mr. Be- oh, I'm Mr. Beans. I don't know how I am. I was going to say he's hungry because he's cycled. Where have you cycled from? Uh, actually, only Causton Town, which is a station I've never been to before. Really? Yes. Welcome to You Should Have Been There with him, uh, Big Web, and me, Simon Calder. And we are today in the Full Monty Cafe on an unremarkable stretch of roads on the outskirts of the South London suburb of Coolsden. It's really a suburb of a suburb. Yet, I think this, Mick, is not just an important staging post for travellers on the A23, uh, which is the subject of today's podcast, number seven, I think, but also very dear to your heart. Indeed, just down the road from the Full Monty Cafe, uh, in fact before it was even um, invented, I think it was called The Sun, another cafe in those days, I used to stand shivering in the cold waiting for the 405 or the 414 bus to take me to school. And I might say without the benefit of a splendid breakfast which we've just had. Uh, yes, the, the the Mont. There is a full Monty, of course, two eggs, two bacon, two sausage, two fried sliced beans and tomatoes, a bubble and squeak and chips or hash browns, a slice of toast and tea and coffee. Um, we just, I'm afraid, went for the Mont, which is just two bacon, one sausage, one egg, one fried slice. And you had beans, I had tomatoes, and that was quite enough delicious, though it was. It was. But the main purpose of the podcast, as you suggested, was to talk about the A23, a road that, uh, for those who don't know it, connects London with Brighton. And very specifically, the east side, or south side, depending on how you're looking at it, of Westminster Bridge, so looking across to the Houses of Parliament, Big Ben, etc., and the seafront at Brighton. And that's a distance of about 53 Miles. On the subject of which, how many young women does it take to stretch from London to Brighton? Uh, that's uh, a sort of question which I'm not sure I am. I, I'm going to. Uh, I think the term is take the fifth on that. Uh, well, it's fifty-three because a miss is as good as a mile. Ah. Good, okay. <laughs> I remember that from a childhood comic. I mean, obviously, uh, they don't write them like that anymore, and they're probably not allowed to either. Um, but back to the, uh, the the A23. Now, people talk about the Karakoram Highway. Um, as far as I know, it straddles only one mountain range, the Himalayas, whereas the A23, of course, carves through over two in the shape of the North Downs and the South Downs. It is a remarkable piece of engineering and you've been doing some uh, work on on, on it, not actually digging it, but digging into it. (laughs) Yeah, British roads get quite a bad rap in the sense that nobody is particularly interested in them. You rarely get a ballad devoted to them and no one talks about well let's say the A23 or indeed the A4 in the same way that they would discuss Route 66 um, or Highway 61 indeed uh, well except that uh, th- there have been um, songs devoted to the A23 or at least um, uh, heading down to Brighton Terry Dactyl and the Dinosaurs uh, Seaside Shuffle I believe was a novelty hit in about 1973 ah well, I'm going to look that one up, and I didn't know about it, I must say. Excellent. Um, well, yes, um, I was going to say that once you start uh, looking into it, the A23 
does tell you a remarkable amount about the history of transport in um, this country. Uh, indeed, of course, it cuts a route through um, history, uh, political and um, cultural history as well. So, for example, I did drive down here, but only to refresh my memory. I would normally have got the train, but I drove down the A23 from Streatham down to Hooley, about 10 miles, I think it probably was, and uh, uh, I was looking for iconic and interesting buildings. One of them was the IKEA Towers, um, which used to be part of a, a power station. I think it was Croydon B. I'm not quite on Croydon A, maybe. And then that was demolished, and uh, the chimneys were kept, and they are now part of IKEA. I suppose that's not really a transport-related thing. But anyway, they do catch the well, attention in an otherwise kind of rather kind of tedious landscape. Um, but then very soon afterwards, you come to the site of Croydon Airport. Yes, which was absolutely crucial to the development of air transport in the UK. It was, before the Second World War, the main departure point um, for the world. Um, Do you know when it actually closed? Uh, I'm I'm going to say, because you won't know, that it closed in um, uh, the early 50s because, of course, Gatwick was being um, redeveloped as the second airport. Heathrow having opened up in the... um, uh, at the, in 1946, as soon as the war was over, Heathrow popped up. Ah. But, of course, the A23 was a victim of the expansion of Gatwick Airport. Uh, initially, the uh, A23 went straight across the runway. They had traffic lights if there was a plane taking off. That, I don't think, would work these days. Um, <laughs> it is the busiest <laughs> runway in the world. Um, and so the A23 gets rooted around it. But, uh, yes... Uh, uh, extraordinary to, to think that you have not just the, the main London airport but also Britain's second busiest airport on this same relatively short, relatively minor main road if you see what I mean Yeah Now I wanted to ask you something um, connected with Gatwick because it's very close to it and it's also a name of a place which I think is the best name on the A23, which um, on the whole, most of the uh, places it goes to aren't very romantic sounding. I'm sorry to do it down, but Hooley, for example, doesn't, Hooley. Yeah. doesn't sound kind of great, does it really? Well, and, and also or, you've got Hawley as well. I've got Hawley, it's just very confusing. Hooley and Hawley on the same road, and they're, they're may, uh, maybe 12 miles apart. Yeah. Um, what about, though, Pease Pottage? Yes. Uh, now, Peace Pottage, that is a name. I mean, it it's, is. It's and and, to, uh, yeah. and um, the, it's the southern end of the M23, which suddenly decides to stop being a motorway and start being an E road again. Um, just south of Crawley, and huge controversy about whether Pease is spelt with an E at the end or not. Um, a bit like here, where we've, we've had the, the Mont breakfast as opposed to the Monty and the Four Monty. And do, but do you know why it's called peas pottage? I mean, no, it sounds like a pea. It sounds like peas pudding, doesn't it? Yes. That's the first thing that comes to my mind, anyway. Um, and uh, there was a theory that convicts were taken from I think it was Horsham to East Grinstead, which yes, is yeah, of course you would, yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, and uh, they stopped at what is now peas pottage in order to be given some sort of um, rations, rations of pudding, which was the cheapest thing around at the time. This theory was 
generally considered to be rather fanciful. And um, another one was put forward by William Cobbett, who was a great traveller and writer who uh, rode around, I think particularly the south of England, um, commenting on the state of uh, agricultural labourers and their lives and at the same time giving quite a good description of the local countryside and he said something about that stretch of road around Pease Pottage being such a horrible piece of track so muddy that it actually resembled a, uh, a helping of Pease Pudding uh, yes, I'm, I'm just looking here at the original cover, uh, sorry, the cover of the centenary edition in um, 1930, and um, here of we are, rural, rural rides, rides yeah. in the southern, western and eastern counties of England. Uh, the whole, including many rides and tours, never before reprinted. So, and, and a, a little illustration you can see there of um, idyllic southern English countryside of the sort which um, you still get an occasional glimpse when yeah. uh, going yes. through the A23. Another crucial um, stage in transportation is remembered annually by the London to Brighton car run. Now yes. um, our host here in the Full Monte Cafe has said that uh, the old Crocs race as it uh, is called um, does come past here uh, every year and he does a roaring trade in bacon sandwiches uh, and uh, in Streatham there used to be a pub called the Genevieve. Genevieve was the name of the film which actually won, I th it was certainly nominated for Academy Awards and it certainly won a BAFTA for Best Picture huh. and it was a British comedy about two couples taking part in the London to Brighton car ah. rally, the old Crocs race, where cars from the, well, what are they, vet, vintage, they're from the early days of, of, um, of, yes. of cars, uh, 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 1900, uh, 1896, um, that yeah. sort of era, kind of compete to putter along very slowly from London to um, Brighton. And of course in the film there were all kinds of hijinks and it was extremely jolly uh, and silly. And, uh, of, of course, something which you remember, because uh, we, we have very, very little in common, but one thing we have in common is the fact that our lives have largely revolved around the A23. Yeah. Uh, I, I was born beside it in Crawley, uh, just a mile or two south of the uh, runway, um, and you were... Uh, I was brought up from about 8 till 20, uh, just up the hill from, from here. And both of us now live within mm, a quarter of a mile of the A23... Uh, different parts of it, uh, and I wonder whether if you have a road which is so much an important part of your life, whether actually you are kind of subconsciously attracted to it and you will try and be next to it. So my, my lovely sisters who also live in South London, both of them are um, within, I'd say, two minutes walk of the A23. Well, that's an interesting theory, and in fact, um, I've just uh, texted my younger brother who uh, lives about two miles from here uh, and unfortunately is out on his mountain bike today so can't join us. But um, yeah, I mean, he as well seems to have been, uh, I was going to say victim of this syndrome, but maybe it's not that at all. Maybe it's a more interesting thing, um, a more visceral connection <laughs> yes but but for, for, for the before we get too indulged in our, our personal connections um 
let's just contemplate this this uh, link between London and Brighton. Of course, Brighton itself um, became fashionable. Um, well, really, at the uh, in the Regency period, I would say, when um, of course the uh, uh, whole idea was was in the relatively early days of the 19th century was um, um, indulgence and. In Brighton, of course, you could indulge away from the, uh, the chattering classes in London. Um, and you've, you've been doing a bit of research on how incredibly difficult it was to get get from London to Brighton initially. Uh, well, it was. You obviously had to go by stagecoach. And the stagecoaches took about eight hours to get from London to Brighton, uh, if not more. And the roads weren't very good. There were turnpikes, so there were tolls, uh, which obviously slowed you down a bit and for quite a significant period there were also highwaymen who could slow you down a bit and I was interested to uh, read that um, Streatham to Croydon which at the moment I would say is a pretty well unbroken stretch of urban stuff used to be Heathland and uh, was ideal cover for it is even said Dick Turpin uh, might have um, done a <laughs> done a turn down there, and there is a pub. It, it used to be called the William the Fourth near Norbury Station, which is between Streatham and Croydon, where the highwaymen hung out. Now, th- sadly, it's now become little um, <laughs> or a little. But uh, it was said that when the stagecoaches stopped uh, at the William the Fourth, and the stagecoaches stopped at pretty well every pub to change the horses, and um, and the Highwaymen used to be uh, drinking in the William the Fourth pub and sort of sized up the clientele and decided whether it was worth then uh, robbing them when they got back on the coach and got away a bit from the from prying eyes. So it was all kind of quite harsh <laughs> reality. And in fact, there's another pub in Streatham uh, called the Horse and Groom, which used to be a coaching inn and it is said that the most indulgent of all the indulgent regency dandies who was the prince regent who went on to become uh, george the fourth was Uh, i think it was he used to stop off there on his way down to brighton and to the famous brighton dome which he actually commissioned that sort of amazing looking building and and he 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 stopped off at the william the uh, sorry the horton groom because it was renowned for gambling cockfighting and um ladies of um now forgive me i think you are referring to the greatest glory of the uh, a23 which is Right at the end, the Royal Pavilion. I meant the Royal Pavilion. Yeah, yes, the, the, I'm sorry. The yes. dome, which has its yes. own incredible historical yeah. connection with popular music, um, was the yeah. Royal Stables, and a marvellous venue it is too. Um, and it was, of course, in, I think, 1974 that ABBA became the only band ever to uh, cre- start creating a legend by winning the Eurovision Song Contest, which they did with Waterloo even though um, the uh, United Kingdom jury gave them nul point. Um, that that uh, shows, shows great touch. But, but the Royal Pavilion, I think, is this ludicrous kind of um, Asian uh, influence folly, which was variously a hospital, um, some kind of military base. I think they used it as a storeroom and is now the most glorious palace, certainly in Europe, possibly in the world, I would say, and well worth being there. Now, it's also very, very close to the King and Queen pub, um, and this we're, we're now right at the other end of the A23 in 
they're pretty much in, in the middle of Brighton, although it kind of slightly swerves the centre and um, heads straight for the uh, uh, for, for the pier. Um, and there you've got this open space called the Old Steen, which is really where the A23 runs out of steam. Yeah. And it's um, presided over on the west side with a pub called the King and Queen, which was notable in the 1970s for being a gay pub before they'd really been invented um, and uh, attracting all sorts of people, including um, some, some old friends of mine, um, Rachel Birch and uh, Beverly Keach, who I caught up with in a pub somewhere just off the A23. They told me about one terrible night in September 1973. When I was 18... We were in the King and Queen, it was extremely busy. I think it was a Friday night, we'd hitched down from Crawley. So Bev and I were there early, because we didn't uh, take long to get down by hitching. So we were there waiting for everybody else. I bought us a drink. We both sat down for our drinks, and then there was a police raid. Um, right, so talk us through the police raid. I mean, uh, an awful, a very stressful thing. Well, it was quite bizarre, because you could smell dope all over the place, couldn't you? And they walked to me, thought, oh, they're here for the dope. They walked straight up to us and said, what are you drinking? What's that in those glasses, didn't they? And we said, oh, I think it's lager. Then they asked our ages, and I was quite, I'm OK, I'm 18, so I'm 18. And then they asked Bev, and she said, I'm 17. 17. And then they said, who bought the drinks? And we both said, I did. So that was my problem, that I bought a drink for a minor. Right. Bev was a minor, so she got in trouble for that, and I got in trouble for buying it. No, and what, what was what was the upshot? That's a, quite a stress. We had to go to court. Actual court? A- actual court, yes. What? In Brighton, wasn't it? In Brighton, it? yeah. And you stood there, and what happened? Well, can you remember the, the officer opened his little pad up and said, but I, I entered the King and Queen, and I saw these two people sitting in, in their, at their table with two large glasses, which I later ascertained was lager. <laughs> <laughs> and we got fined. How much? I got fined a fiver thing because she took me off the straight and narrow got fined ten double ten pounds and we asked, no. we paid in we asked to pay in instalments <laughs> <laughs> um, that was half my rent half my month's rent ten pounds what, what did it teach you nothing <laughs> to lie in future <laughs> no what did it teach well i phoned my dad up straight away didn't yeah. i i said dad i've been done for drinking underage he said well it had to happen sometime you went straight <laughs> over the road and did it again yeah he did was it the soul cellar yeah, the soul soul cellar. Cellar. and yeah. they gave me a pint glass which was hot because they just washed it and it exploded so i got drenched as well that night well and the same night me and uh, mac who we haven't seen for quite a long you. time mm-hmm. uh, were hitching back having successfully despite i was certainly 17 i think he was 17 too despite having not been busted all evening uh, we then got into a lift which then hit a lab post and we ended up in the Royal Sussex County Hospital so a great night out has it, something to remember wasn't it has it yeah. scarred you absolutely <laughs> we're in counselling still aren't yeah, we yeah we are yeah yeah and um, have you been back to the King and Queen and does it what's it say when you I don't go? think I have I think um, about it every time I go past there it's a blue plaque by where we were sitting <laughs> But no, I don't think I've been inside. Which just goes to show you need to be very careful on the A23 at all times. Uh, Mick, have you had any skirmishes on the A23? Streatham, where I live now, is notorious for accidents. 
traffic accidents and also for pollution. So rather oddly for a place which really kind of reached its heyday in the 1930s and there are some glorious buildings um, which once housed um, theatres, cinemas, dance um, halls, ice skating rinks. I mean it really was um, the place for people to come from London because it was considered to be a healthy up on a hill and unpolluted environment and now oh dear what a dreadful place it is I think it might be a little better now there are some uh, greenish buses that run down there and uh, some vague attempts have been made to um, limit the speed of cars but uh, it's it's certainly in the 1990s it won the um, dubious award for being the most polluted main street in the UK and I think in Europe as well. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me. Anybody who's not been had the <coughs> pleasure of uh, going through Streatham, um, it is uh, bizarre and th- this actually goes through to the whole quixotic nature of the uh, A23. It, it kind of ebbs and flows in its, um, in its status as a road. But um, uh, So you, you, you labour up Brixton Hill um, from Brixton, and you get to one of the great nodes on the A23 where it meets the South Circular, and then you are launched into Streatham along the high road, which bizarrely suddenly goes to three lanes each way, a kind of super highway carving through the middle of Streatham. And then you talk to anybody in the retail business, and they will say people don't cross roads like that. It completely carves through um, a, 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 a community. And, um, and, and, and sorry, go fair, on. Fair, yeah. well, I was going to say it's very unpleasant, except for the fact that you live very close to it, so I didn't want to say that. Uh, well, no, it is very unpleasant, and you do obviously have to cross it, um, and it is incredibly dangerous. I mean, there are pedestrian lights now, but there didn't used to be, and the that three lane part is actually uh, generally treated as um, a sort of Formula One starting grid by most uh, drivers. So the answer to the question is pretty well every time I cross the road in Streatham, I feel as though I'm having a brush with death. Uh, uh, well, uh, and, and the A23 itself is just bizarre. Here we are, at quite a fast stretch, but we're looking at one lane each way. I'm just looking outside the window here. Um, and uh, everything's behaving quite well, probably going on about 40 miles an hour. And then, suddenly, about a mile south from here, you get the M23, um, which, uh, and suddenly there you are going from a uh, kind of one lane in either direction to a full-blown motorway, which bypasses such uh, fun spots as uh, Redhill and Hawley and Crawley. Uh, but the A23 it's still still continues. It, it, it does, it does, yes. Um, and... Uh, uh, it does quite an elegant um, uh, bypassing of Crawley, um, which was actually put in place in kind of the 1950s when they kind of understood what was needed. Obviously, they didn't understand that uh, quite enough because um, uh, they then had to bypass the bypass with the M23. Uh, <laughs> but then you're into this um, really quite hilly territory, and this is where the olden days of... Um, of, of turnpikes, which you mentioned, um, suddenly comes into play because the I think the most beautiful stretch between Bolney um, and Pikeham uh, was 
effectively private enterprise wanting to create a piece of infrastructure so that they can make money, and that's now on, uh, the basis for the A23. Uh, but, but this is all um, emphasising how 20th century, how archaic the whole idea of having main roads um, from, from one city to another. And the bizarre thing about London to Brighton is, of course, that you've got the railway in the early, um, well, certainly in the first half of the 19th century, um, and the railway continues to be, um, well, I think it's now Europe's busiest uh, kind of middle distance line that trains every three minutes or so, serving Gatwick Airport as well. Um, and the road is surely an irrelevance, isn't it? Because no no sensible soul would think of getting in their car, um, partly because of safety, partly aesthetically, and, and partly because of the, uh, uh, the, the the environmental impacts. Well, it's a reasonable point, and I actually wouldn't drive to Brighton from Streatham. I would certainly go in the train, um, partly because... Uh, it probably takes nearly as long now if you go at a peak time to get there as it did when you could take a stagecoach um, because of road improvements on the M23 uh, and all kinds of other and there's always an accident and there's always something that slows you down and then of course when you get to Brighton there is absolutely nowhere to park a car. Well this is the one place in the uh, in the UK represented by a green MP it's had on and off a green council and um, uh, they have been doing everything they possibly can to um, uh, deter the motor car, um, even though they are at the um, south end of the uh, the A23. Well, I, well I, some information I found out actually also uh, gives an example of how travel seems to um, get better and better and better and then suddenly hits some kind of major obstacle and we suddenly realise we've overreached ourselves. It says here on this um, note that I have. <laughs> this is from a uh, reputable historical uh, source. Right, OK. Uh, improvements in speed of travel. By June 1811, there were 28 coaches daily between London and Brighton, taking six hours, with Ooh. the first coach journey from London to Brighton and back in the same day, coming in 1813. Right, crikey. In 1815... There were 52 coaches daily. But as the rival companies attempted to better journey times, the authorities intervened to restrict the continuous galloping of horses following a week in 1816 in which 15 horses died. Oh, crikey. Oh, my goodness, yes. So it's a, there sort of seems to be, in each phase of travel, there seems to be be um, a similar point at which we uh, overreach ourselves like uh, old Icarus and um, crash down to the ground again. I think you could be right. Uh, so, finally, your best bit of the A23. Is there somewhere where your heart sings? It's here, really. It's, it's, it's this bus stop. Well, the bus stop just... Uh, if I go out of the full Monty and turn left. Because... For so many years, I got the bus there to school. And probably when I got off the bus, was uh, having finished, survived another day at school, was when my heart sang. But I do, I do remember it now with great um, 
well, with great affection, really. Well, you're, you're, you've got much more in common with um, Cobbett and his rural rides, because I would say that the, uh, the best stretches are where you finally make it down to the outskirts of Brighton and you suddenly realise that you are going into this wonderful, exotic, indulgent place. And probably at the other end, it would have to be when you are uh, on the very final few feet uh, or metres and you are... Uh, suddenly coming up to um, uh, the, the uh, foot of Westminster Bridge and you have uh, County Hall, the London Eye, um, Houses of Parliament and um, you, you do feel that you are in the in the centre of things. Um, but here we are in the full Monty, which itself is a, an, a hub. It is a hub. Yes. It is, it is a hub. Thank you for listening to You Should Have Been There and you should certainly have been here in the Full Monty Cafe if you um, are heading out and about on the A23. It's 207 Brighton Road. And I can say that we're not being sponsored to say that. It's a genuine recommendation. Well, next uh, podcast, our next podcast is going to be about... Uh, Looking ahead to the 2020s, we're here at the very start of the uh, new decade and there's some really exciting <coughs> things which are happening um, and we would like to uh, share them with you and uh, look forward to a decade of travel which we're very much hoping ourselves to complete. And um, before we go, I would like to leave you with... A quotation from the most quotable of um, Streatham's residents, probably the best known, in fact, uh, allowing for maybe uh, Cynthia Payne, the uh, madame of oh. a well-known brothel, and in Streatham, in Streatham, of course, and uh, and Dave the rapper, um, but Dr. Johnson, who lived for a, quite a period of time in, in in Streatham, just off the A23 before it was the A23. Uh, had this to say about travel Um, all travel has its advantages if the passenger visits better countries he may learn to improve his own and if fortune carries him to worse he may learn to enjoy it that's given us plenty to think about I think Um, so from me Simon Calder and me Mick Webb goodbye goodbye